So today's talk is on turkey. And when I was an early cook, very early cook, when I knew well enough how to read and follow instructions, I was pretty darn bold because at about 13 or 14 years old, my mother comes home with the Thanksgiving, you know, the November issue of Gourmet and goes, oh, isn't that lovely? And I read through the instructions and I went, I could do that. So I hogtied my whole family into Thanksgiving at our house with me cooking dinner, never having cooked Thanksgiving dinner. And I was like 13 or 14. And one of those things was the chestnut stuffing. They had a little omission in the instructions, and that was how to peel the chestnuts. And I was not astute enough to go look at a book. I thought, well, peeling chestnuts. And I had little cuts on my fingers from peeling those chestnuts. And, uh, and it was afterwards that I went and got the joy of cooking off the shelf, looked up chestnuts, and found you cut an X, you put them in the oven for 30, you know, 325 oven for 20 minutes or so, and they peel, and it's easy. Okay, well, you know, that's what got me launched on buying cookbooks. Um, years ago, years later, I, you know, made turkeys. I mean, now I, turkey, no big deal, but back then, big deal. But I used to spend a lot of time in Eastern Europe, and I would find in Moscow. There was a store that specialized in frozen foods, and there you could buy frozen turkeys from Hungary. And these guys were only like eight pounds, so it wasn't like much of a turkey by our standards. Further, they had cut away that big flap of skin where you keep the stuffing in. But I still managed to make it work, you know, stuff some foil in there too, and and I would invite people over, and they were astounded by how delicious this turkey was. Well, about six years ago, I went to uh, Prague on business, and one of the people that had one of those turkeys in Moscow was in Prague, and he goes, I've been waiting for you to come forever. I want you to make a turkey. So we went to the store, and, and he says, I've tried. I've got the cookbooks here. I've followed the instructions, but nothing came like your turkey. He says, you Americans, you have something there. I says, okay. So we bought the turkey, and he stood over me and watched everything I did, taking detailed notes. And when I put it into the oven, he kept saying, but aren't you going to put it in water? And apparently in Czech Republic, and a lot of them, this was a bird that you simmered. It wasn't a bird that you roasted. This, what I did was foreign to them. And when it came out and they ate the meal, they were like, this is exactly, exactly what I was dreaming of. Meanwhile, while they, the, the turkey was in the oven, I made an apple pie, but nobody was in the kitchen with me at the time. So uh, I, I, I started working on an apple pie and got that cooking, and they were like, oh, now this, you have to come back and visit. We need to learn how to make this apple pie. <laughs> so I, I, I really adore turkeys. I manage to make that work anywhere and everywhere I can. And Several years ago, I've, I've mentioned before, my best friend had jet lag. She woke up at 5 o'clock on Thanksgiving morning, 
and she had that turkey in the oven by 6.30. By noon, that thing was done, and she calls me up, and she says, I don't have guests coming till 5 o'clock. What do I do? And I said, that's when you call the butterball line. <laughs> and I did want her to think I was really blowing her off, which she sort of sounded like. So I uh, ran downstairs and gave her the 800 number, and I said, call them. I said, I have my own problems today. <laughs> so... I'm sure that's exactly what you run into or ran into all the time. So we have today our speaker, Renee Ferguson, a former butterball lady and somebody who's had a few surprises pearled on her. Just a few, wise. but exactly. you know, I never thought of a chestnut hotline. I think we might have, have some potential there. Thank you so much for inviting me to be here. Um, I worked, uh, I'm the author of the cookbook, Talk Turkey to Me. And just so you know who this turkey is that is in front of you, I worked for Butterball for 14 years, and I handled people's turkey traumas. And as you can well imagine by some of Catherine's stories, I probably have heard it all. Um, From the guy who shows up at the door, he assures his um, hostess that, I'll bring the turkey. Don't worry. I'll bring the turkey. I'll take care of it. And he shows up with his jewel bag and a frozen turkey and says, here, here you go. What do you do now? Well, those were just, that's just kind of just a touch of, of uh, one of the things that, um, that I handled. But I, um, because I handled so many different questions, and I also worked on Thanksgiving, I wound up going to someone else's home for Thanksgiving dinner. And what I brought with me were the stories from that day. And uh, I'd go on and I'd tell these stories, you know, as someone who said, well, my gosh, I have all this leftover turkey because they bought like a, you know, 25-pound turkey and there were only two of them there. Now, what do I do with it all? And I told her, well, you could freeze it. And she was absolutely astounded that you could freeze turkey. And I said, well, I think Swanson's has made quite a, quite a business out of that. So um, you're amazed. I mean, we're all foodie people here, and we all understand how to prepare food and handle food and cook food. But there's a world of people out there that really are not as knowledgeable um, about the process of cooking and handling food. Um, What I'd like to do, oh, I should have also mentioned to you, because of my cookbook that I wrote, I was also in a Food Network throwdown with Bobby Flay. And we'll get into some of that a little bit later, too. But what I want to do with you right now is to talk turkey. And I like to get my audience to get to know each other. I mean, you probably all know each other, but I don't know you, so I kind of like to get to know you a little bit. And if everybody could just indulge me and just stand up. This, we're gonna. We're just gonna stand up. Okay. Now here's. This is really easy. If you have never ever celebrated a Thanksgiving, you can go ahead and sit down. We have a lot in common. Now we probably don't have stuffing recipes that are all in common because I bet everybody's got their own stuffing recipe, and they all think it's the best. So, and I'm gonna leave you with that. You can all think that's the best. Now here, this question you have to answer me. Um, If you have never cooked a turkey, please sit down. Not many of you. Okay. All right. We're still, we've got lots in common. Now, this one you have to be very honest with me, okay? If you have ever cooked a turkey and forgot that bag of giblets inside, please remain standing and everybody else sit down. You are not the only one who did that. I can tell you uh, when I was a young bride... 
and I had the pressure of Thanksgiving. It was my first Thanksgiving, and my mother-in-law was there, and my mother was there, and I wanted everything absolutely to be perfect. So I prepared the turkey the night before and stuffed it and then put it into the refrigerator. Like, major, don't do that. You know, that is not good. That is a food safety hazard. Little did I know. So I served my guests, and and we all were healthy and fine. But later on, I told my mother what I did, and she was absolutely horrified. Because my mother was a fabulous cook. She was, you know, I thought everybody's mom cooked like that. I mean, we had the best. She, she was, you know, talk about German food in the German restaurant. She was Czech. My father was German. And we had fabulous food. Every day was fabulous food. And she knew how to handle food. And, and I guess I learned a little bit by osmosis. But um, she was mortified, and I never did that again. So um, look at this. So kitchen clusters still have a place to turn to. And uh, Thanksgiving chefs still turn to the famous and iconic butterball turkey talk line. And callers hear the same Midwestern voices that for years have answered the phones in Naperville, Illinois, where a team of more than 50 Thanksgiving experts educated at Butterball University are available every November and December to help kitchen klutzes. And... We did attend, or I did attend, Butterball University, and it is it, Butterball takes their training and their turkey very, very seriously. And we had a binder that had just about every way that you could, over 20 different methods of cooking turkey, uh, which I've all included in, in the cookbook of, you know, whether you're cooking in a crock pot or you're cooking in a, on a gas grill or a charcoal grill or a water smoker or upside down or uh, electric roaster or open pan or closed pan. There's all sorts of different ways to cook it. And all of the directions are in the cookbook as well as some other things as well. Um, and uh, one of the questions that I got was, if I cook from frozen... Do I use a drill to put a hole in the meat thermometer? It's a great idea. You know, you told me about the guy that, that brought the frozen turkey. Well, or and I told you about the guy who showed up on the doorstep with his jewel bag uh, and a frozen turkey inside. Uh, that was a very serious call that required a very serious answer. And the answer is you would start to cook from frozen, and once it got a little thawed, then you could, you could insert the meat thermometer. But um, it also reminds me of, um, you know, we talked about, you know, leaving the giblets in, inside. A lot of people called those or referred to them as personal parts. <laughs> now, there really wasn't anything personal about those parts. It's, you know, it's the neck, it's the heart, it's the, the gizzard um, and the liver. Um, but keeping that in mind, let me tell you my favorite story. And we are in mixed company, but I think it's okay. All right, we'll just keep this among ourselves. Um, but this one caller called in, and she wanted to know the difference between a hen and a tom. Well, a hen is the female, and that's generally, you know, 15 pounds or less. And the tom is the male, and he's 15 pounds or more. But, you know, unless your turkey comes labeled hen or tom, there's this world of unlabeled turkeys that could be either a hen or a tom. And she listened to me explain that, and she said, that's so funny. 
because she had an accent, I think. Or at least I tell it with an accent. That's so funny because every time I get a turkey, no matter what size, it's always a tom. I said, well, how do you know that? Well, I reach in there for that bag of personal parts, and sure enough, there it is. (laughs) I wasn't quite sure how to respond to that. I said, well, wow. (laughs) Lucky you. (laughs) So um, there's there's, uh, also reminds me of the time that a brownie leader called, and... uh, She had to cook a turkey for her troop, but she had to go to work. So she wanted to cook the turkey in the morning like your friend did, cook the turkey in the morning. But now what do you do? How do you handle it so that you can serve it after school to all these brownies and not poison them? Because you'd never get invited back to be the troop leader if you did that. So um, there's, there's so many different stories. And I'd like to actually open the floor for a comment or two if anybody has a great one that they'd like to tell. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I have a friend who uh, knew Bride, and she was so concerned about her in-laws that she bought the entire dinner at Dominic's. Every made her husband get in the car and drive six blocks away and throw the garbage bags. <laughs> so nobody would see that it said that it was from Dominic's because she thought the relatives might even go as far as to go through the garbage <laughs> to see that the, that the packaging that's you know those are extreme and thanksgiving brings us extreme measures because the pressure to cook the perfect turkey and the perfect thanksgiving dinner is high it's really high and people feel it um and i think part of the reason that they feel it is you know we're so used to cooking we don't cook whole birds often i mean i do but the rest of the world doesn't they get their boneless skinless chicken on a little tray and they just you know bake it or saute it or grill it or whatever they do that when they get this whole bird they're panicked they don't know what to do with it so I can certainly understand why (laughs) and I I think that's okay that she took the credit for it it's all right because you know what she had the trouble to bring it all together and she did a good job you know it's sometimes what you don't know won't hurt you um there was a woman i was at a trade show in louisiana or it was in atlanta but she was from louisiana and she was telling me that she went to her mother-in-law's for thanksgiving dinner and it was the mother-in-law just would not let anybody bring anything do anything she wanted to just do everything And so they had this beautiful spread, just an absolute wonderful presentation of food. And they're all sitting down at dinner, and and she said, Mom, this is absolutely fabulous. Where did you put all this food? How did you thaw the turkey? Now, this is Louisiana, and I'm not quite sure what the temperature is in Louisiana in November, but I, I think it's pretty warm. She said, oh, I didn't have room anywhere, so I just threw it in the pool out back. (laughs) I tied a rope on it and threw it in the pool. So the woman just said to her children, just eat the side dishes. Don't eat the turkey. (laughs) Um, You know, it's not a recommended method of of thawing. We prefer a cold water method um, and changing the water frequently to handle it safely. Um, and plus, I don't think the kids went swimming that day either. So. <laughs> My brother-in-law worked for UL Laboratories, and there is not a turkey fryer on the market that is UL approved. 
Um, they may have a part that's UL approved. But um, I've seen the video of exactly that when someone fills the, the oil too high and it, it, the oil spills over. What you wind up having is really a vertical flamethrower. Think about it. You've got this propane under there and it just shoots up. It's, it's frightening to see the video. Um, I, I also know that there was, um, and actually this was a, a fireman. I mean, you, you read these stories all the time at, at Thanksgiving. Somebody, there'll be somebody in the Chicago area this Thanksgiving. Yeah, torch their garage or, um, you know, just, you know, mishandled it. They've got kids running around. And, and it's, you have to be very cautious and careful when you've got five gallons of hot oil. So, um, yes? I'm the turkey fryer a friend of mine um, likes to experiment and did do the fried turkey a few years ago. Her sister-in-law showed up, got all upset that it wasn't a classic Thanksgiving dinner, left with her children to Applebee's, and has never reappeared. And she said if she had known the magic of fried turkey, she would have That's true. You know, fried turkey, has everybody tried it? Or who has, everybody has? Or It's fabulous. Um, it's, it's a fabulous flavor, but I'm not quite sure I like it for leftovers. I don't think the flavor. Do you love it? Oh, okay. <laughs> She's never had it where they've had leftovers. So, yeah, usually it all goes. A little what, I'm sorry? Oh, little baby quail after that. I have some recipes in the cookbook um, that have different sides. Since you've got all this hot oil, what to do with it. Um, you know, there's uh, squash fritters that you can fry up, and then um, there's several different recipes in there that, uh, ooh, there's a wonderful sweet potatoes, sliced thin and then dusted with cinnamon sugar. It's just fabulous. But it's something to do with all that leftover oil because, I mean, it's there, it's hot, let's use it. So... Well, who knew what was coming? And I have to share with you, that is really me in front of a lot of turkeys when I was a little girl. It's kind of odd, isn't it? But you just never know where life really takes you. And um, because I went to people's homes and told them these stories, they'd always tell me, oh, you should write a book. And I'm like, yeah, 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 I should write a book. And... Um, I, you know, I only worked temporarily, I mean, seasonally for Butterball. I had other jobs that I also worked. And um, my, my main employment, um, I'd worked for them for several years, and then all of a sudden I lost my job. Not uncommon in today's world. And I thought, well, what am I going to do? Because, like, it wasn't the right time. It was, you know, nobody's going to be looking right now for hiring. And I thought, you know what, let me try writing that book. And if I don't do it now, I'll never do it. And so I, I, I think there were a lot of people that really kind of just didn't think that I was really going to go forward with the whole idea, but I was really serious about it. And um, wrote the cookbook and published it, and what do you know? Food Network found me. It was pretty amazing. My, um, I, I'd written the cookbook, and I had... Um, published it and brought it out the first year. So um, this was the year after the, the introduction of the book that I got this call. Actually, my husband got the call. And he calls me, and I'm at the beauty shop getting my hair cut, and he says, Renee, the Food Network called. 
I'm like, yeah, right. <laughs> he says, no, really, I, it's, it's, a, it's a New York number. I think you better call them back. I think they're serious. So I thought, okay, sure, who's giving me the raspberries? So I called, and you could kind of tell it was a bit of a phone screening, you know? I mean, just kind of the questions. They probably were seeing how I, I handled myself, you know, just talking to them and whatnot. And the gal said, well, um, you know, we're, we're planning on doing a, a special on Thanksgiving, and, um, you know, we're very interested in you. Would you send us your demo tape? I said, oh, sure, absolutely. And as soon as I hung up the phone, I said, I don't know how to do a demo tape. What do I do with the demo? I, I don't know. Well, I had a friend, or I have a friend, who um, <laughs> still have the friend. Um, uh, she is a flight attendant, but her other side of her business was video. Uh, she was a videographer. And so um, I called her up, and, and she agreed to film me. And actually, um, it's on YouTube. My demo tape is on YouTube. Um, if you just went to talk turkey to me, there's probably a couple of them. But you'll, you'll, you'll see me and uh, Renee Ferguson, and you'll see the demo tape that I submitted to the Food Network. And so I, I sent it off, and I didn't know when I'd ever hear from them again. And lo and behold, within two weeks, they called me back. And, I'm, and they called me on my cell phone, and I'm traveling the mountains in Arkansas or Tennessee or wherever I was. And I kept, it kept going in and out. And you can't imagine, you know, when you're not getting cell coverage, and it's the Food Network on the phone. And you're like... Can't you lose you? I've got to keep talking to you, and then you're out. Then you. <laughs> so um, it was the director, and he explained to me what it is that they wanted to do. Um, it was going to be a Thanksgiving special. I would be one of three chefs that they would be featuring, and what they really wanted me to do was to um, come to Kendall College and do a demo in you know a preparation demo in front of the college students, which all sounded very plausible to me. And um, you wonder, now, now you know that I did the food throwdown. But if you've ever seen that, you always know somebody gets blindsided and you're thinking, how do they not know this is happening to them? I mean, like, are they guppies? Well, I have to tell you that they present such a solid story you know, you're one of three chefs. Even though we film you, we may not use you. And I'm thinking, oh, I could wind up on the cutting room floor. And, you know, I'm not going to tell a lot of people about this because it may never come to pass. So that's kind of how they found me. And we began filming. Uh, it was two days of filming. Uh, the first day was in Geneva, my hometown. And the odd thing was is I had just moved to Geneva it was, I was in this, I mean, literally weeks in the house. I still had boxes everywhere, and I did not have a Food Network-worthy kitchen. Nor did I even have a backyard, because the house I bought didn't have one. And they needed to film in a backyard, they needed to film in a kitchen, and they needed to film at a market. Well, I had to do a little digging, and I managed to find, we had a farmer's market just down the street, which happened to be open on the day they wanted to film, so I think that was Providence there. And I found someone who let me use their kitchen, and I found someone who let me use their yard. So, so we kind of worked it out because I was, I mean, can you even imagine that you have absolutely nothing, and Food Network is knocking at your door saying, I really want to come film you. 
but you're going, I'll, I'll find a way to make it work. So I did. So um, these are kind of just some shots that, of uh, starting at the market. And I thought it would be fun to kind of see, you know, the film crew. They're, they're following you everywhere. You are mic'd up for sound. So every word that you utter is literally picked up, just as it is today. <laughs> so so we, we walked to the market and picked up some fresh ingredients and then we, this is the director who was very creative, Brian Falk. And um, you can't imagine, I mean, we filmed 10 hours the first day. And, uh, you know, and then we, were, we filmed probably eight hours the second day. And it all gets edited down to maybe I have 15 minutes and Bobby has 15 minutes. So it's, it's amazing the amount of footage that they get and um, whittle it down. Uh, just people helping me to remember to say it was a turkey and dressing throwdown, and I kept saying stuffing. So she just wrote stuffing and put it in my dressing and put it in my face so that I would remember to say the right words. <laughs> because the Food Network cared. The Food Network wanted to call the show Turkey and Dressing. Okay? Dressing, and, and to me, it's kind of a, a term that stuffing covers everything. But appropriately, dressing is outside the bird, stuffing is inside the bird. And ironically, when Bobby came in to blow me away and <laughs> blindside me, um, he called it turkey and stuffing. <laughs> so any errors that I, I made, they allowed, they kind of just let him go after that because if he was calling it stuffing, it was like, oh well. So. So we're in the kitchen, and it, the, the beauty is, I, you know, I just love, they would just take all these different food shots and all these different displays. Um, it's, it was quite fascinating to see how they, you know, prepare for a show and just use even a, a shot in passing. And day two was at Kendall College, and uh, we arrive, and the, the, the funny thing was... I had to bring everything. I had um, eight turkeys thawing throughout my house in coolers. I had to bring every knife, every fork, every platter, every plate, every knife, every anything. And my husband was getting a little annoyed at this point because I'm like loading boxes and take this out, take this out. And he, at home, he's like, I want to bring my roasting pans. And he said, Renee, you're going to a culinary school. They have roasting pans. And I thought, well, that sounds reasonable. I guess I don't need to bring it. You know, you're shaking your head, you know. So we get to Kendall here, and um, this picture is in the, um, the stadium kitchen, the auditorium kitchen. Well, right behind it is a, is a, a prep kitchen. And so I'm in there, you know, looking and pulling open drawers there's not a knife, there's not a fork, there's not a dish, there is nothing in there, and there ain't no roasting pans. <laughs> so we got to do something. So I found someone from Kendall, and, and um, they said, oh, not to worry, I'll bring, you, I'll bring you one of our roasting pans, which is one of those low, flat, restaurant, commercial um, type of pans, which is not a problem to cook the turkey in, except they wouldn't fit into any of the ovens back there. 
So I had to send my husband out, and I have the most beautiful roasting pans that he bought at Crate and Barrel. <laughs> so he doesn't question it anymore. <laughs> so, um, but uh, I still had no clue of what was happening here. But, uh, oh, by the way, the, this was my staff. Uh, that happens to be my daughter on the right, and um, a friend of hers who's a first-year culinary student, or he was a first-year culinary student at the time, Aaron Haas, and he now is a sous chef in Carlsbad, California. Um, but at this time, he didn't even know where to put a meat thermometer. So I, I was a little on the short side of, of having a staff, but, um, but they had energy and enthusiasm, so that goes a long way. So things were moving really fast, and I kind of started to get a little suspicious because this set was being decorated to the nines. All the autumn corn stalks and, and uh, gourds and pumpkins and flowers and mums and everything, and I'm thinking, that sure is a lot for little old me. <laughs> and uh, I still, you know, I, I was just a little suspicious at this time, but, you know, nothing yet. And so I, I began to do the prep. And lo and behold, I'm, I'm about 20 minutes into my prep. And the director says, okay, stop, stop, stop. We need a sound bite. Which was not uncommon for him to stop and, and you know, direct us. That's his job, is to direct us. And uh, he says, well, you know, we just never know when we're going to go to commercial break, so um, we just need some loud sound. So... I, I, the, the auditorium is filled with culinary students, and they're all young and they're all enthusiastic, and so we all just start to applaud, and it's getting louder and louder, and I'm like standing up there going, wow, thank you. <laughs> and all of a sudden, as I look at their faces, everybody is turning in the same direction. And it, it wasn't for me, it was for Bobby. <laughs> So I was just like, oh my gosh, because as soon as he walks in, you know, you know, you are under the gun, you, the pressure is on, and you better perform, because you just can't say, I'm sorry, I'm really not up for this now. <laughs> so it was, it was pretty amazing. I'm, I'm hoping that they play this again. I, I went on the Food Network website, and um, the, um, uh, they only seem to go out a week. Um, on their guide, but typically for the last couple of years they have played the turkey and dressing throwdown, so I hope they play that again this year. And uh, so the pressure to perform was on. We worked hard, and I'll tell you what, you're mic'd up for everything, and like I said, when he approached me and challenged me to a throwdown, well, actually, I have to back up. When I saw him, I went, oh, shh. <laughs> I didn't say the word, but boy, it was well clear there what I meant. <laughs> and I thought, oh, they'll cut that out. They'll edit that out. They used it three times. <laughs> So anyway, after I got over that um, and he threw the gauntlet down, I told him where he could put his stuffing, or I would show him where he would, could put his stuffing, and, and the cook pressure was on. 
So he had, we had fun. We bantered a little bit back and forth, and um, he had a lot to say, and of course I had a little bit to say as well. And Bobby's support group was a little bit deeper than mine. He had Miriam and, um, is it Valerie? Valerie? I'm sorry? No, I'm Renee. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, he had these two ladies, and then there was a third staff member that just kind of helped buzz around and, and clean up. And then he also had a few culinary students, so, like, we kind of weren't on the same scale. <laughs> so you're really working really hard. And uh, then we got to each taste each other's turkey. Mine was the very traditional I used an apple sausage dressing. That's a, a traditional um, recipe from my cookbook with um, just your basic roasted turkey, which is the best way. The simplest is the best way. Turkey. And um, the director didn't want me to do a traditional gravy, uh, so I did an um, amaretto sauce, which is really great if you, particularly if you're like cooking a breast and you don't have gravy or drippings to make um, to make gravy. It's a really nice sweet sauce that you can use. Um, easy to, really easy to make. Three ingredients, but the recipe's in the cookbook. And Bobby did a pomegranate goat cheese chorizo kind of stuffing and sauce. So ours were really, really different. And uh, this is just, this was cute. They just put one of the um, the kids in a turkey hat. Food Network brought that for them. So no turkey here, just a ham. He looked really cute. And then uh, these were our beauty plates. Uh, we did not submit these to the judges. This was what they used for photography, and you'll see these on their website, the Food Network website. Um, but we tried not to um, divulge who was who on the plate. So they were just you know plain little plates that they could sample. You know, Do you like A or do you like B? So... That one was mine. And I have to tell you, Bobby did win. So I came in second place to Bobby, but that's a good second in anybody's book. So uh, it was really, really a fun throwdown. So ask yourself this, are you ready for a throwdown? <laughs> it was just an amazing experience. And it's, it's funny how your life just goes a certain direction and you don't even realize it. Um, you know, what experiences she has along the way that will just influence her future is you just never know. Thank you so much.